0: It is January 25th, 2023, and welcome to episode 173 of Fault Lines, the National Security Institute's podcast that gets you quickly up to speed three times a week on the national security and foreign policy debates shaking up America. I'm Jessica Jones, NSI's Deputy ED, and I'm joined today by Lester Munson, less is more, Senior Fellow at NSI and special guest, NSI Senior Fellow, Morgan Vina. Thanks, guys. So today I've got two related stories. Earlier this week, reports were buzzing that Erdogan, president of Turkey, announced that Sweden should not expect Turkey's support for its NATO membership, following tensions over anti-Islam protests in Stockholm over the weekend. Unfortunately for Sweden, every NATO member must agree to countries seeking to join, and Turkey is the lone holdout right now. Erdogan's statements conflict with a joint memo that was signed by Turkey, Sweden and Finland last June, uh, which laid out Turkey's backing for the NATO applicant countries. Uh, After Erdogan's statements, Finland, which had hoped to join NATO alongside Sweden, made some subtle comments they may be forced to reconsider a solo move. And in fact, this morning, Turkey postponed a NATO meeting with Sweden and Finland. At the same time here in the U.S., President Biden is preparing to ask Congress to approve a 20 billion dollar sale of F-16 jets to Turkey. And while the Biden administration has praised Erdogan's assistance in brokering last year's deal to uh, let Ukrainian grain shipments out from the Black Sea, it's, you know, we've got Erdogan still being cozy with Putin. Congressional lawmakers, for their part, are expected, some are, are expected to require that Turkey commit to ratify Finland and Sweden into NATO as a condition for letting the sale of the F-16 continue. And some, including Senator Menendez, who is chairman of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, Uh, take it a step further and want Erdogan to improve his uh, Turkey's human rights record. So, you know, my first question is what do we make of of just Finland and joining NATO? How important are they as members of the military alliance? And are they important enough to disrupt relations with Turkey, U S Turkey relations? Turkey is the second largest army in NATO and it's, you know, buttresses the Southeastern flank of the Alliance.
1: Morgan. This podcast addresses two separate issues, but as with anything with Turkey, Everything is closely interlinked here. First, NATO has an open door policy, which is articulated in Article 10 of the North Atlantic Alliance, means that membership is open to any European state that is in a position to advance the alliance. Both Sweden Sweden and Finland have democratic foundations, and they share the transatlantic community's dedication to the rule of law and peaceful resolution of dispute. Frankly, though, I think the United States could probably have leveraged their desire to join NATO to its advantage. Given the their proximity to the Russian border, you know, could we have gotten something out of this I and mean, possibly something in the Arctic? When it comes to Turkey, though, as I said before, you know, nothing is easy. Erdogan <laughs> has done a really good job at putting the United States in a bind here. While in theory, Finland and Sweden's accession to NATO and the current debate over the sale of the 40 S-16s are, are separate issues. They're interlinked, as are a lot of issues going on in the region, particularly in the eastern med that could affect this as well.
0: Unless before we started talking, you were, you know, you had, we were talking about what's going on in Sweden itself, right? The, the internal politics.
2: Yeah, there's some, uh, some interesting things going on in Sweden that were kind of unlocked by this opportunity to join NATO. The, the, there was an equilibrium in in Sweden, I think to some extent in Finland as well over their status as, you know, close friends of NATO, but not in NATO. And now that that's changing, we're seeing a a ripple effect in Swedish politics. And it's not fantastic. Uh, The far right is out there doing crazy things like burning the Koran, which is offensive to Turkey. And while it's it's legal in Sweden to do that, as it would be legal in the United States to do it, it is grossly offensive. And Turkey uh, kind of has a point when they say, gosh, that's not really a great way to to try and get into NATO where we're, we're an important member and you're offending our sensibilities. So there's there's some some really interesting politics going on in Sweden and Finland. I think it's also important to note that at the end of the day, for NATO, it's more important to have Turkey inside the alliance than to bring Sweden and Finland fully in. As much as I love my cousins in <laughs> Scandinavia. Competitors. And, yeah. And Norwegian, Norwegian competitors. I said cousins. I said cousins. <laughs> you know, I love them. Um my people are from there. Uh, but but having them actually in NATO is nice, but it is not critical to the success of the alliance. Losing Turkey in NATO would be would be I, I don't want to say catastrophic, but it would drastically change the way the alliance operates in any number of ways. And is something that should be avoided. So I think I think it's prudent for everyone here to. Uh, really, take a deep breath. Let this settle down a little bit. Try not to be talking about burning the Koran all the time, and whether that's a good idea or a bad idea, and freedom of expression and all that stuff. And let's and let's try to focus on the the critical task here, which is to bring these countries in in a way that is smart and not going to you know be in the headlines every day.
1: Les, I'm going to push back a little bit here. I think Turkey is has demonstrated itself a completely unreliable NATO ally. You know, Erdogan can be helpful when it's advantageous for him to do so. But when he went through th- with the purchase of Russia's S-400 radar system, NATO allies, including the United States, lost a lot of confidence in him. The U.S. itself imposed CAATSA sanctions on Turkey's defense industry. But I, I do agree, though, that, you know, at this point, we cannot underestimate Turkey's membership in NATO. You know, Turkey is strategically located in the Eastern Med. It has often been referred to as a bridge between Europe and Asia. Uh, Turkey is host to Angelic Air Base, as well as NATO's Land Warfare Command in Izmir. So the notion of kicking Turkey out may score some political points, particularly in Congress, but I think it would have serious repercussions for the alliance.
2: It's
0: so funny because if Jamil... I I don't know. I'm like, should I be the Jamil Jaffe here? Because I'm both surprised, but I'm not surprised, but also surprised by that position for all the reasons when you first started, Morgan, for all the ways that Turkey hasn't shown up as an ally or a friend in the region or to the alliance, right? And you have one country holding up NATO priority, uh, principles, priorities, and you've got them angry over, you know, what's going on in Sweden, which is freedom of expression, I, to Lissa's point, like that, that, that occurs, you know, qu- there are constitutional rights there. It's the same here in the U.S. Like there's, we would allow those protests as well. And so I don't know, I, I'm just surprised by that, that bulwark support for Turkey
2: right now. So, uh, I, I don't want to be an apologist for Turkey because I'm very <laughs> concerned about some of the stuff going on there. And Erdogan has uh, shown some real autocratic tendencies and, and beyond that. And it's, that is of concern. And if it goes too far, then things may have to change. But let's, let's, let's be clear here. Uh, Turkey being in NATO is hugely important to the United States. Turkey and Greece have been at Dagger points with each other, or at war with each other, for like three thousand years. And NATO is one of the things that keeps the peace in the Eastern Mediterranean. Turkey is hugely relevant in the Middle East, in North Africa, in a whole bunch of places where where we have interests. We're often aligned with Turkey. Sometimes we're not. Uh, so it is definitely a complicated relationship. But we need to think very long and hard before we 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 value potential members from Scandinavia over Turkey itself. And I'll just say one quick thing about Congress. Senator Menendez has a long track record of of being concerned about these developments in Turkey. He's he's not wrong on the merits of those issues. There are things Turkey does that are of concern, but we do need to put them in the larger context of US security interests in a bunch of different regions are the solidity of the of the NATO alliance and some of these broader themes. It's not always just about values. Values are important. It's also about our interests and our ability to deal in a not unilateral way with a lot of these challenges. Well, so that, big, that was right. going
0: to be my actual, because you love to bring up Congress, and usually we try to get you to not bring up Congress, but literally my intro raised a story about Congress, and so putting aside the manettis, I mean, so Morgan talked earlier before before we started recording about you know Congress being able to play the bad man role, right? It can play the hard the hard guy right here, and so the Biden administration can have more flexibility. Do you think that's what Congress is doing? Do you think they're overstepping? Can they actually stop a sale? What, what's going on?
2: I, good for Congress for getting involved and for putting some conditions on things. Now it is incumbent on the administration to be artful and diplomatic and use that initiative to its advantage in this situation with NATO. Congress Congress is going to Congress, right? Congress cares about values. They care about human rights and democracy. They're always going to do that, regardless of party, frankly. Uh, it's up to the administration to use that in the right way and try to get things done out in the real world.
0: And with that, Les ends on diplomacy, his constant messaging. So thank you, Les. Less is more. Uh, with that, that's a wrap. Thanks to Burke Agacon from NSI and Claude Jennings for their help producing today's episode. Join us again on Friday, where hopefully we have Jamil Jaffer um, back from whatever country he's in, for another great episode of Fault Lines, our podcast that gets you smart, fast, on the national security debates shaking up America. If you like what you heard, please rate us highly, review us highly, and then subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.